Life is really expensive. Does it ever feel like unexpected bills come out of nowhere and drain your bank account? Today, we're going to show you how to avoid surprise expenses with our simple automated savings plan that will help you eliminate panic in your personal finances once and for all. This is Life with Amy and Jordan. I can still remember sitting in our office. We were newlywed. We had only been married for a few months. I guess that's what newlywed means. <laughs> and I was sitting in the office of our two bed, two bath condo. I think it was about 1100 square feet. And we had just moved in. And um, I was sitting in our office at my old school. I don't even think it was a MacBook or a MacBook Pro. I think it was like a PowerBook G4 <laughs> silver laptop from Apple. And um, I was sitting at this laptop that I had used all four years of college, staring at an Excel spreadsheet of one of our very first family budgets. And I can remember when I was staring at that budget, there was so much about it that made sense, but there was so much about it that didn't. For me, the part that made sense as I was looking at our budget is I was like, okay, so I got this paycheck from Amy's employer. At that time, I was uh, I was in law school. I later dropped out. Does that make me the sugar mama? You were the sugar mama. I would say early on, you were the sugar mama. I think your first contract was like $15,000 for that first (laughs) semester. semester. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess it was a half a year, one semester. It's like Dave Ramsey says, we didn't have money, honey, but we had love. Yeah, sugar mama. (laughs) And so I was sitting there looking looking at this paycheck from my sugar mama. And (laughs) on my computer screen, I was looking at our budget. And the thing that made sense to me about a budget was like, if there's an expense that comes up every single month, like your rent, for example, example, it's like the money gets taken out of your account every single month. Like that totally made sense to me. It's like, I need to take my sugar mama's paycheck (laughs) and I need to say, okay, this much of this paycheck, I need to make sure I don't spend because it needs to go to rent or this much of the paycheck. I need to make sure I don't spend because it's going to go to water or electricity or a gas bill or things like that. Those monthly regular recurring expenses, it was easy and made sense to me how to account for those and how to budget for those. But the thing that was really confusing for me as I was staring at my Excel spreadsheet with our budget on it was what do you do with those expenses that aren't regular? regular, that aren't monthly, the expenses that happen every other month or once a quarter or twice a year or once a year. What do you do about expenses that are multiple years in the future and you want to try and save for them and be prepared for them? And I can remember sitting in that in that office feeling a lot of anxiety about like, okay, wait a second. I know this expense is coming down the road and I want to save for it and be responsible and be prepared, but I don't accidentally want to spend that money because I'm not paying attention. And at that time, all we had was one checking account and one savings account. So everything that we didn't spend that was kind of a regular monthly expense just got moved over into our savings account into this big pile of money. Not like Scrooge McDuck, like we weren't swimming in gold coins. When, when <laughs> Big is probably a relative term considering... <laughs> It was a $15,000 salary. <laughs> yeah. When your wife is a first year elementary school teacher and you're unemployed, uh, there's not a really big pile of much, specifically money. Um, and then that was around the same time that I heard a story by Dave Ramsey. We, we've mentioned him before. Um, if we haven't, and this is the first time you're listening, I'm going to mention him now. Dave Ramsey is a nationally known financial advisor who helps people um, get out of debt and save for their future and plan for their dreams. And he's also our bestie in our imaginary world. He doesn't know we exist. (laughs) We we talk about Dave often in our home. (laughs) Like he's a friend. 
Um, but so I heard Dave Ramsey tell a story one time that for the first time in my life totally resonated with me as far as how to save money for the future. Um, because you always hear people talk about saving, like you need to save for retirement. You need to save for the long haul. And they're talking about like saving for like 30 or 40 years from now. But I didn't know how to do that short term saving. And so I heard Dave Ramsey tell a story one time about something called a sinking fund. And the way the story goes is a sinking fund is a reference to a roof. And so if if you think about the example of like, let's say that you just moved in to a brand new home and the home has a brand new roof, or let's say that you're in your existing home and you just put a new roof on your home. As the roofer is completing the job of putting the roof over your home, a really smart question to ask the roofer is, hey, while I've got you here, could you give me any, give me an idea of A, how long is this roof going to last before I need to replace it? And B, when it's time to replace it, how much is it going to cost? And the reason those two questions are so important is because I'm not a roofer. Amy's not a roofer. We don't have experience in that. But if the roofer says to us, and remember, we taught fourth and fifth grade math. So we're not like the best math. We're not the best math people. I'm also not the handiest guy in the world. So Let's say for the we're just not really good at much of anything. Is that <laughs> what you're saying? <laughs> but let's say for the sake of argument that the roofer says to you, "Well, yeah, this roof is going to last you ten years, and in ten years, it's going to cost ten thousand dollars to replace this roof." Ooh, that's math that we can do. And so all of a sudden, it makes sense that we can go, okay, so if it's going to be 10 years, in 10 years, we're going to need $10,000. Well, that's $1,000 per year for the next 10 years. And if we break that out monthly, that is $83.33. Amy is literally double checking my math right now. <laughs> I just pulled out a calculator because I was like, oh, shoot, that's actually a little harder to divide by 12. <laughs> That's $83.33 per month for the next 10 years in order to have enough money to replace the roof in 10 years. For all you fact checkers out there, he is actually right. I just punched it on my calculator and he is right up to the cents. And the crazy thing about that is that thinking about the idea of like, if I said to you, I need $10,000 from you right now for your roof. Like that is a really overwhelming feeling. Uh, yeah, that made me feel pretty panicked. Yeah, pretty panicked, <laughs> especially because the majority of Americans don't have $400 set aside for an emergency, much less for a roof. And so what we want to do in this episode is to help you create a system based on the system that we use of sinking funds to save for those expenses that are coming down the road. Because if I was to tell you I need $10,000 right now, that is really overwhelming. But if I was to say, hey, I need you to take $83.33 of every paycheck and set it aside in a savings account for a new roof 10 years from now, well, then all of a sudden, 10 years from now, when the roof starts to leak or it starts to sink in, which is where the term sinking fund comes from, you can just go, no problem at all because I planned for that and because I prepared for that. And that's why um, th this whole concept just makes me feel so much more peaceful because it avoids that like panic like if someone was like, oh, bad news, you owe $10,000 right now. That is a really panic inducing, anxiety filled statement. Um, so we're here to help 
avoid that feeling and avoid that like surprise spending, this stuff that you don't even necessarily know is coming your way. If we can take the surprise out of it and the panic out of it, then we're all going to live more peaceful lives. And so let's start by looking at the specific areas that Amy and I create sinking funds for, because I'm guessing that we create sinking funds for similar areas of our life that you're going to need to create sinking funds for too. So the first thing to talk about are, let's talk about things that don't happen every single month, but we know what month they're going to happen. So the example that comes immediately to mind is the example of Christmas, right? So Dave Ramsey loves to joke and kind of tease people that Christmas comes every year and it shouldn't be a surprise. And so if you take the example of Christmas and we say, okay, for Amy and me personally, I got, I think I got that right. Amy and me. Yeah. yeah for me personally, for I personally. Yes. Yeah. It's me. Good. Okay. As we teach the kids, take yourself out. And if it still makes sense. Right. That's yeah. a good old elementary school <laughs> reference. Right. So, so, th- so let's go back to that Christmas example is if you're in January and you're going, okay, Christmas is 12 months from now for Amy and me, for Amy and me, we allocate about $300 per year for Christmas gifts. And so what that means is when we take that $300 and we divide it by 12 months in a year, that gives us $25 a month. And so what we do is every month we set aside $25 so that on December 1st of of this year, we will have $300 in an account marked Christmas that will allow us to do our Christmas spending and our Christmas gifting without wondering, am I spending too much? Am I going over my account? Is there going to be an overdraft? All of that kind of stuff. We want to try to avoid that because one of the most common things that you'll read is this like January blues that sets in where all of a sudden, like the Christmas season happens, the holiday season happens, and people are spending, 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 not having a budget for how much they're going to spend, not paying attention to how much they're spending. And then all of a sudden the credit card bill comes due in January and they go, oh shoot, I spent way more than I should have. And now I'm, I'm wishing I had it, right? There's all this regret. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk through exactly how we specifically would save for that account. And then we'll go through some more examples. But I feel like for me, when I was going back to that condo, sitting in that room, I was like, okay, that concept makes sense, Dave Ramsey. But like, how do I actually save that money? Because I only have one checking account and one savings account. What am I supposed to do from keeping it all from just going into one big pile of mush? We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, do you love taking photos but wonder why yours don't look like the ones you see online? What if we told you there was a free online photography class that would help you fix that? We're Amy and Jordan, and along with hosting this show, we're professional photographers who help people take better pictures. We created a free online photography class where you'll learn three easy pro tricks that will help you start taking better photos this week. To reserve your free seat, just head to amyandjordan.com slash class to choose a date and time that works for your schedule. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash class. We're so excited to share three of our favorite pro secrets that will help you start taking better photos this week. We can't wait to see you in class. Now back to the episode. And so something that we discovered early on in our marriage was the idea of online savings accounts that allow you to have multiple savings accounts under one account or under one username. In other words, you could go to a lot of these different online banks that are FDIC insured, which means that your money up to a certain amount is protected. It's not sketchy. It's not a scam. It's just a bank that doesn't have a brick and mortar type of situation. And all you need to do is go into one of those accounts and you would create your first account. 
and you would call your first account for, in our case, Christmas gifts. And then what you would do is you would say, okay, Christmas gifts account. You like take charge of it, right? <laughs> you say, okay, Christmas gifts account. Every month on the 15th of the month or on the first of the month, whatever month, whatever day of the month you get paid, I want you to send $25 from my checking account over to the Christmas gift account. And that way you can set it as an auto draft. So it happens every single month in the background. Now, maybe you're sitting there listening, going, wow, I mean, Jordan, 300 bucks for Christmas. You guys are cheapos. <laughs> you're, you're right. Because I think the stat is like the average American spends about a thousand or uh, average American family, I think it is, spends about a thousand dollars. Which kind Christmas of is mind blowing when you think about the fact that the average American family doesn't have a, doesn't have $400 in savings. But the average American family spends a thousand at Christmas. It is kind of mind blowing. We almost need to pause together. to let that sink in for a minute. Um, but you might be thinking like, whoa, like Christmas does cost a lot more than that. And we agreed that there are a lot of other hidden expenses that come with Christmas. So um, you might want to have a, a fund for Christmas uh, gifts and then another one for Christmas experiences, um, because we found that there's a lot of extra spending that comes from those experiences around Christmas time. Like maybe you host a big Christmas party at your house. And so there's expenses that come with that. Or um, you take the family out to like a big Christmas dinner, or maybe once a year, you have the tradition of going to see like um, the Nutcracker, or maybe you take the kids to see Santa. Or um, here in Arizona, there's a really popular like Polar Express experience where you take the kids on the train and it's like the Polar Express. I haven't been, but as you can tell, I clearly want to go. <laughs> um, so I think when you start to think about all the other surprise expenses that can kind of come up, it's funny because they feel like surprises. But like we talked about before, if we can start to anticipate those, then we're going to be able to eliminate that anxiety that comes with it and just be able to enjoy it. Yeah. I can remember as a young man, my dad said to me one time, son, very few things in life should be a surprise. <laughs> and I think a lot of our surprises are self-made surprises. And so going back to this idea of this Christmas fund, and then we're going to talk about a few other categories that we would recommend having sinking funds for because we have them. When you go into this online savings account, I know that probably a lot of people are curious, so I'll just let you know. We use an, a bank called Ally Bank. It's A-L-L-Y. And Ally, as far as we know, allows you to have, at least at this time, an unlimited number of savings accounts. So in addition- basically what they are, they're just like virtual buckets, um, virtual buckets to save in different categories. So that's why I was saying you could have one for Christmas gifts and one for Christmas experiences if you want to get really specific with it. Or if you're feeling good about just like Christmas in general, then um, you could have one bucket just for that. Yeah. And I think one of the coolest things about having these online virtual buckets is I don't know if you remember back in elementary school, whenever your school was doing some kind of a fundraiser, they would always have the guy that would come like the assembly and the guy would come on stage and he was had the paper and the salami. And I remember as a kid being like, who's going to buy that roll of salami? But anyways, and, and then, you know, <laughs> they sold salami yeah, at your school. Yeah. If you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, if you sold, I, I'm with you with the wrapping paper. The wrapping paper was yeah. Okay. Do they still do cheese boards? This? Like I they sold things. No, they... now it's all online. The kids don't have to sell door to door. It's getting they're getting we're ruining the next generation. I used to have to go door to door and try to sell somebody cheese and salami. And as a kid, I like it was like here's the brochure. Don't worry, your cheese and salami will arrive really? like by cheese Christmas. And salami. Wow. Anyways, so <laughs> so anyways, the point being is remember in elementary school whenever there was a fundraiser, there was always that thermometer. That would kind of like as the school was hitting the goals, the thermometer would fill with red, right? And you're probably thinking right now, if you're of our generation, about like Saved by the Bell when oh, they also yeah. had like the dance off, right? And so, anyways, the Lisa. 
If you're younger than us, you probably think we're crazy about all of this. They probably didn't make you sell wrapping paper or watch Say by the Bell. Yeah. So, <laughs> we promise it was cool. So you have these 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 fundraisers, right? Where the thermometer is getting filled, 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 filled. And one of the coolest things about having sinking funds and having these different online savings accounts and these different online buckets is that you get to see in real time the progress you're making towards your goal. So like imagine, for example, if you were on a diet plan and in January you started this new diet plan and you worked hard every single day to eat healthy and to and to get fit and to get strong but then you didn't get to see how much weight you lost until December that'd be pretty discouraging that'd be really discouraging right yeah. i guess if you were gaining weight then you'd be like well i don't get to see how much weight i gained till yeah, december yeah that's true so but, <laughs> could be encouraging i guess but that would be discouraging right and so the nice thing about it is that every month you get to see Okay, twenty-five more dollars got added. So by the time you get halfway through the year, you're halfway to your goal of that three hundred dollars. So there are a lot of areas where we do sinking funds for things that don't happen every month, but we know they're going to happen, and we know when they're going to happen. So an example of this would also be like a Costco membership. I am a huge Costco fan. <laughs> uh, sometimes when. He's not exaggerating. Like, I feel like when we're like out at dinner with other friends or couples and someone mentions Costco, his eyes like light up and it's almost like, oh, please ask a question about Costco. I I watched a free documentary one time called (laughs) The Costco Craze on YouTube. I think it's available for free. It was a CNBC documentary and I was hooked. It's one of those things where maybe you relate to this. I don't know. Maybe you're maybe you're a Target person. okay? or maybe you are a we also love Target, you know, whatever kind of person you are. Um, But I just love going to Costco and walking around by myself. Like it's not even a sample thing. I just kind of like to walk every aisle slowly and leisurely and just take a look at everything. Um, But now when I go to Costco, I have to take our son with us who is 18 months old and he wants to try every sample and he's happy as long as I'm feeding him. But then you're you're sharing your love of Costco with the next generation. That is true. Um, But anyways, we have a Costco membership that I think Costco memberships right now for the basic are about $60 a month. So again, you can go a year, a year, sorry, $60. It's worth $60 a month. (laughs) But but we get our money back just in goat cheese. Let me tell you, if anybody ever says a Costco is not worth it. Okay, we we digress. But the point is that if you have a membership to something like Costco, we know what month our Costco membership comes up every single year. And if you don't know that, all you would have to do is walk to the front desk at Costco and say, hey, can you let me know when is my membership going to be up? And if it's $60 a year for your membership, the math is really simple. That's just $5 a month. So you would create, literally create an account called Costco membership in your online savings. And then you would have $5 a month transferred out of your checking account into your new Costco savings account. And that way you would make sure that by the time the year was up, you had enough to pay your membership and it wasn't a surprise. And so again, there are a lot of things that we know are going to happen Every sometime during the year, we know when they're coming. They just don't happen every month. A really funny one. I remember um, earlier on in our marriage when we were driving total beater cars, like cars that like we had to like duct tape, ones that had broken windows, ones that, you know, I mean, they just had everything in the world wrong with them. Ones that we had to name Cedric the Civic and... Henry, Henry, the, the Honda. Honda. Yeah. Our favorite was, which, was Betty. It's funny because they were actually both Hondas. That's <laughs> true. That's true. But we had, we, we had liked our old, operation. our oldest car was Betty. And what's funny about if you drive a brand new cars, then this doesn't really apply to you because you don't go for emissions testing or nearly as often. But we had our old cars that we had to go for emissions testing like once a year or in some cases once every two years. And the cost for an emissions test was like $24. <laughs> and I knew I had to go 
in two years after I had my, my most recent test. And so this is maybe the most hardcore example of Jordan sinking funds is this emissions test. Yeah, this is, this is pretty intense. <laughs> so I would create a separate savings account and I would, ha- it would say emissions test on my budget and I would have $1 a month transferred from our checking account into our savings account. And at one point in our life, we were getting paid twice a month because we were working for someone else. And so I was having like 50 cents every paycheck transferred out of our checking account into our savings account. And that might sound a little bit extreme, but the cool thing is that then I could look in our savings account two years down the road because you're going to forget about it. Like you forget that you have an emissions test. Set it and forget it. So yeah, it's, it's like those commercials, the infomercials. <laughs> um, so let's talk about a few other things that you might want to create a sinking fund for. So these are things, again, that don't happen every month, but they happen more that they happen throughout the year. So for example, most cars need an oil change about every 3,000 miles. The average American drives 12,000 miles a year. So you're likely going to need an oil change on your car about once a quarter order, which is once every three months. Let's say that your oil change costs $39 for you to get your oil changed. You would just put a line in your budget that says oil change $13. And then every month you would have that $13 sent from your checking to your savings. And in three months, you'll have $39 that then you can just use to pay for that oil change. And Um, this is really helpful for anything that is uh, a cost that comes up more than once a year. So like, you know, Christmas is only once a year, but it's also so helpful for these things that happen multiple times during the year, but not every month. And that's what makes them feel a little bit like surprises like, oh, shoot. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the oil change or like, oh, I guess I need to pay for my haircut. Maybe you don't get your haircut every month, but then all of a sudden you're needing money for a haircut. And one of the biggest problems that we talk to people who will say things like, I'll say, well, how do you know if you have enough money to buy something? And they'll say, well, I just look in my checking account. And if I have enough money, then I buy it. Ooh, yeah, that scares me. Or yeah, gives me anxiety. <laughs> or I just look in my savings account. And if I have enough money in my savings account, then I buy it. But the problem for that, the problem with that is what if you just take all the extra money every month that you have and you start putting it into a savings account and then something comes up that's really cool that you want to buy and you spend that money on the cool thing that you want to buy and you haven't actually taken the time to build out any sinking funds, you might be spending the money that you need for the roof and not even realize it. Or you might realize like, oh my gosh, I need to pay my taxes. Huh? So that's kind of the easy example, right? Are the things that that don't happen every month, but you know when they're going to happen. You can look at the calendar and say, every three months I need an oil change or every year on December 25th, Christmas happens. But now let's move on to something that's a little more complicated, which are things that we know are coming but we don't know when they're going to happen. And we need to find, we need to go find out the answer when these are going to happen. So I'll tell you a perfect example. It's like new tires on a car, right? So no matter who you are, no matter what kind of car you drive, you have tires on your car, hopefully. <laughs> and so. hopefully there are four. If it's a motorcycle, two. Um, but when I look at our car and every time that we've purchased a car, um, it always has tires on it, right? And so one, one of the first things I do, <laughs> that's a funny statement. Um, and one of the first things I do is I take our car over to Discount Tire. Um, You could take it to Discount Tire or your local tire shop or Costco or Sam's or wherever you buy tires. And I would go into Discount Tire and I would explain to the guys at the front desk, I would say, hey, I just bought a new car uh, or a, a new used car. And we have... Can you come out, take a look at the tires and let me know how much tread is left on the tires and how long you think they'll last? And I always tell them I drive about the the average, right? I drive about the 12,000 miles a year, which is average. So the guys will come out, they'll look at my car, they'll evaluate the tires and they might say, hey, I think these tires have two years left on them. 
my next, then I say, great. My next question is, can we go back inside and can you give me an out the door quote for exactly how much it's going to cost to replace these four tires so that I can start saving? Every single time we go back inside, they, they run some calculations. They say, okay, with tax, with, you know, the warranty, with everything that goes with it, these tires are $150 a tire. So for a full set of four, it's going to be $600 two years from now. Then I can take that information and go, cool, go back to my, my budget, take my $600 over two years. And now I have what that is, is $300 per year, which is, is my math correct on this? Which is $25, (laughs) which is $25 a month for two years. And so all of a sudden, if you, if your tires start to wear and you get two years down the road and all of a sudden some guy goes, Hey, your four tires need to be replaced. These aren't safe. Now you have a $600 emergency on your hands. And that's scary, right? Yeah. That's where the anxiety comes in. That's where you start to feel like, Oh, this is like the worst surprise ever. So knowing there is a way to find those answers is so freeing. And we can do the same thing with our mechanic because I think something that always induces panic is starting to anticipate like, okay, at some point, something in my car is probably going to break down or need to be replaced, like new brake pads or new, I don't know much about cars, timing belt. So that's a thing, right? That's a thing. Carburetor? I don't know. I don't want to just start naming (laughs) (laughs) people replace the carburetor. I don't know. (laughs) But let's say, for example, you're someone kind of moving into that mechanic example because again, now we're talking about things that you know are going to happen and you know are going to cost money. You just don't know when or how much. So maybe what you do is you do what we do where we have a trusted mechanic that we've been going to for years and years and years. And every time that I go in for an oil change, like let's say your car has 88,000 miles on it, right? And you go in for your oil change and you say to your mechanic, Hey, can you do me a favor? When you change the oil, can you give the, can you look the car over and make a note of any maintenance items that you notice. Could you also tell me when are the next big maintenance things going to happen? And so if your mechanic takes a look at the car and says, okay, Jordan, okay, Amy, um, everything is fine with your car right now. It's in great shape, but at a hundred thousand miles, here are all the recommended service or maintenance items that you need to do in order to keep your car running and healthy and safe. And then I would say to my mechanic, cool, can you do me a favor? Can you give me an invoice and line item all of those things for me and give me an out the door price for what is it going to cost when my car hits 100,000 miles to do all of these maintenance items? Now, again, for simple math, your mechanic might say, well, to do everything that's on this list, it's going to be And because you have 88,000 miles on your car and you drive 12,000 miles a year, this is probably going to come up in about a year from now. Then I can take that information, go back to my budget, take my $1,200 divided by 12 months, take my $100 in my budget, and every month have $100 taken out of my paycheck, out of my checking account, into my savings account. My virtual bucket for mechanic, for the mechanic. For the mechanic. For the and you can, give your, you can give your savings accounts funny names. Like <laughs> if you got a good looking mechanic, right? Like McSteamy mechanic. Yeah, you could, you could do that. Mick carburetor. I don't know, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. That's fine. So I love this topic. I was going to say, if she's a lady mechanic, you could just say Tori. 
from Saved by the Bell. Remember Tori? Was she in the Leather game? jacket. She oh, could man. fix motorcycles. She was awesome. How many Saved by the Bell references is too many Saved by the Bell references that's, that's, for one That episode. is a false premise. <laughs> there is not. No such thing. The limit does not exist. Um, so anyways, it's really good for those expenses that you don't necessarily know exactly when they're going to happen. In most cases, you can go find the answer. You just have to be willing to do a little bit of work to go and find out like when those things are going to happen. We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, if you're anything like us, before you buy something online, you research to no end, which is why we're so grateful when people we know and trust recommend something they already use and love. That's why we created a list of all our favorite things just for you. Everything on this list is something we use and love in our everyday life, from baby products and cleaning products to our favorite books, our kids' favorite toys, and so much more. All our recommendations are in one place, and they're just one click away. To see the complete list and start shopping now, head to amyandjordan.com slash favorites. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash favorites. When you make a purchase using one of our links, it doesn't cost you extra. Sometimes it even saves you money, and it's an easy way to help support the show. Now back to the episode. So now let's talk about, because a lot of this stuff was kind of like womp, womp, negative stuff, like cars break down, need new tires, need new roofs. No one likes that kind of stuff. Boo, boring. Let's talk about what about the things that we actually want to spend money on, um, like going on a vacation, for example. Ooh. Where do you want to go on vacation? I feel like his eyes just lit up like I was actually suggesting we take one. My life is a vacation. Oh, with you. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Man, I'm the lucky one. Um, so when we're talking about saving for something that we want, it's really the same principle that we've been talking about all this time. It's a matter of pricing it out, being realistic, setting a timeline, and then backtracking it so that you can take out the same amount monthly. So um, pricing out, you know, what your hotel is going to cost, what your airfare is going to cost. And if you're planning on doing any like fun excursions or outings or activities, they're going to cost or like a sh- going to a show or man, I don't know what vacation I'm yeah, planning, I think but it sounds like a good one. It sounds like a good one, but there are things that come up, right? You have a friend who gets married in a destination location, or there's some big family anniversary. There's mm-hmm. some, some thing, some trip you want to take or something you want to buy. I can remember talking to a friend of ours not too long ago who was invited to go to a destination wedding and I think the total cost for her to go was going to be like three thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and and that was like airfare, hotel at the really nice resort, food, her dress. She had kind of calculated what it was going to cost, and it was like three thousand dollars. But sorry, she didn't calculate it. She calculated it when she got back. Ooh. So what happened was she she went, put everything on a credit card, and then when she got back from the from the wedding, it was like, oh my gosh, now I owe the credit card company three thousand dollars. And around that time, we introduced her to the idea of sinking funds, and she. Said, you know what's crazy is like if I had known this before I went to the wedding, I had like a year's notice. Like when people do destination weddings, they give you plenty of time. If I had just like sat down 12 months before I went to the wedding and taken $3,000 and divided it by 12 months, like it would have been a sacrifice, but I could have put $250 aside every month for 12 months. And then I could have just paid cash for my vacation so that my vacation, in Dave Ramsey's words, didn't follow me home. Oh, yeah. And isn't it so crazy how like $250 a month sounds so much more manageable, but if you're not saving and taking that out every month, how easy is it to look at your account and be like, oh, there's money in there. Like, let's 
let's go out to dinner or like, oh, let's stop at Starbucks or let's, you know, like little things that you don't really necessarily realize are adding up. If you don't almost like earmark it in advance, put it in that virtual bucket, it's really easy for it to just like slip through our fingers instead of having a real plan for it and then avoiding that anxiety that comes from, holy cow, I didn't even realize it was adding up to this much. Right. And so even maybe talking about the idea of like savings and sinking funds and new tires, maybe you're sitting there being like, yeah, that's not actually very a fun topic, Amy and Jordan. <laughs> and we agree with you we in, agree. In, in, in one sense. But in, on the other side of the coin, I can tell you what, being scared isn't fun. No. Being regretful isn't fun. Looking back at money you spent that you didn't have that now you owe somebody else. Like that's not fun. Um, what's fun is when you have control of your life and control of your finances and you have a plan for your money. You know, I'll never forget um, one Sunday we were in church and our pastor told a story that it was so powerful that it stuck with us forever. Um, he was like, he was originally from California and he was saying, you know, I remember one Saturday taking my, getting, taking my kids to the beach in California. And the night before we went to the beach, I was so excited to take my young kids to the beach. You know, I had the car packed. We had, we had food and we had chairs and we had towels and we were just ready to take our kids for an amazing day on the beach. And he said, we got to the beach early in the morning. There was almost nobody there except like one other family. And he said, we got to the beach and we dropped our stuff. And I said, okay, kids go play. <laughs> And he said, our kids kind of ran around for a while and they went in the water a little bit and they got kind of like, they were happy, right? For like the first few minutes. And at the same time, he talked about looking over across the beach and he saw another family with another dad and the whole time that his kids were having fun. His kids were watching him dig a hole. Or they were helping him dig a hole. And our pastor said, I looked over at my kids who were running around and laughing and screaming and having the time of their life. And I looked over at the other dad who was digging a hole. And I was like, wow, that guy's a real buzzkill, right? (laughs) Like, what is, what is, what is his deal? Like those kids are having no fun. And he said, but after a few minutes, my kids ran up to me and like one of them had like a cut and the other one had sand all over his face and the other one was soaking wet They're and pushing cold. each other and fighting and, and-, and they weren't having any fun. And right around the time that his kids came back, he saw the other dad had finished completing the dig on this hole and he watched this dad put his little ones into this hole on the beach to play to play. And he gave them toys to play with inside of the hole and He said that he looked over and thought, oh, my gosh, those kids are going to play in that hole all day and have the time of their life. And the reason is because there was safety in that hole. There was security in that hole. And that don't we all need boundaries like that in our life? We all really thrive in the security of boundaries. And so I think that's been one of the biggest truths for us in our marriage is having financial boundaries and understanding our, our real reality when it comes to finances has removed all the anxiety and all the negative stuff that can come from money. And instead, has allowed us to really thrive and and just feel that peace. Yeah. And we were talking to that friend recently who went on that to that destination wedding. And over the last year, she's been doing her own sinking funds. And it was funny because we were sitting with her on the couch and and she was holding a Starbucks in her hand. (laughs) And she said, kind of with with a smile on her face, you know, I just like feel so good about drinking the Starbucks because I have all of my, my budget is in place. My sinking funds are in place. I know I have money to pay for all the things I want to pay for. And with my extra money every month, I can have fun with it. And this Starbucks tastes really different because I know it's paid for. And I just thought that was tastes amazing. like freedom. Nothing. Yeah. It tastes like freedom. Freedom. That was a bad Mel. I don't know where that came from. Was that a Braveheart? That was a bad Mel Gibson impression. 
anyways, so once you figure out and start implementing these sinking funds for things that you know are going to happen, for things that you know they're going to happen, but you don't know when, let's talk about two other ways that you can save money and avoid, avoid surprise spending because we really want to make sure that we're avoiding any surprises, right? Just like my dad said, son, there are very few surprises in life. And the um, cool thing about these next two parts is um, when you start having that discipline of creating these sinking funds, there's a lot of advantages that come along with it besides just like the taste of freedom, as Jordan would say. <laughs> Did I do that good? Freedom. We're not musically inclined. The only people no. who like listening to us sing is well, it's our son. Was that? Oh gosh, if you think that was my singing. And he doesn't know any different. That's, that's the thing. He, he liked hearing us sing until he heard Baby Shark for the first time. And then he was like, oh, that sounds oh, better. That's what it sounds like. Which is kind of insulting to us if you think about it. A key. Yeah, because Baby Shark is not very pleasing to the ears. Yeah. Anyway. So anyways, let's move on to the next thing, which is let's talk about monthly payments versus annual payments and a way that we save money on every membership and subscription that we have. So, but one, the only way we can do it is because of our sinking because funds. of our sinking funds. So, yeah. if you don't have sinking funds, then this won't apply. But if you do create sinking funds, then this will apply to you. And so, one of the things that we do, and you may have noticed this, but anytime you go to sign up for any type of membership or subscription, you you know, online could be in person, could be online, could be like the gym, could be. Um, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah. Ooh. Jinx, kind of. <laughs> there are a lot of things that you have subscriptions to that are annual subscriptions. And what most companies do, not all, but most, most companies will offer you one price if you pay monthly and one price if you pay annually. So a perfect example of that would be something that like, let's say, for example, I don't know exactly what our Amazon Prime membership is for like the annual right now, but I want to say that it's like $120 if you pay annually, meaning you pay the whole $120 at one time. And I think it's like $13 a month if you pay monthly. And so at $13 a month, you're probably looking at, Amy, do the math for me. Oh, let's see. $13 a month. So that's $156 a year. Okay. So Amazon Prime, same exact product. Some people pay $120 and some people pay $156 per year. Like, think about if like I came up to you on the street and I was like, hey, guess what? Did you know that there are people that Amazon lets pay $120, but they charged you $156? That would feel like a ripoff. That would feel like a ripoff. Like if you were at like your favorite burger place and you stepped up and they were like, it costs this much. And then the next guy got up and they were like, yeah, it's a little cheaper for you. <laughs> you would feel kind of mad and upset, right? Oh, rightfully so. Except that they give you the option to pay up front annually or to pay monthly. And the reason that most people pay monthly is because most people don't have a plan for their money. Mm -hmm. And because they don't have a plan for their money, they're not able to take advantage of the savings when you do have a plan for your money. So as nerdy as it is, Amy and I do the annual subscription for Amazon Prime which is $120 a year. And we pay our $120 and then we create a sinking fund with our online savings account for $10 a month for 12 months. And if you think about that, that's how we save $36 a year on Amazon Prime. $36 a year is awesome. You could do a lot with $36 yeah, a year. I mean, that's like seven lattes. Yeah. So it's like all of a sudden you get seven lattes. I mean, <laughs> when you start doing the math on like, okay, I save $36 a year on Amazon. I save this much on this. I save this much on that. All of a sudden you're talking about hundreds, if not thousands of dollars worth of savings that have always been available to you, but you just didn't 
you weren't able to take advantage of them. And so um, the sinking funds is really what allowed us to start taking advantage of those things. And then it felt like, oh my gosh, why haven't we been doing this all along? This is so great. I mean, who doesn't love saving money? You know, another another way that you can save money using sinking funds, uh, we're talking about the idea of paying things in advance. Car insurance is a perfect example of this. Most car insurance companies will give you the option of paying monthly, quarterly, every six months, they'll kind of give you a couple of different options. And what you'll notice when they send you those options in the mail is that it's not like the, it's not the same whether you pay monthly or whether you pay every six months, you save money. So I remember early in our marriage, our car insurance uh, uh, came up again for renewal. And I think it was like $55. It might have been actually like $58 a month for our car insurance. So $58 a month for six months was like 600. No, that's wrong. Don't worry. Amy's Amy's doing the math. (laughs) Amy taught fourth grade. I taught fifth grade. Oh, (laughs) Six months. Okay. So, so it was about $350, about $350, $348 every six months. But they would also give you the option of paying in advance. And if you paid in advance, it was only $300. And so if you're following with our car insurance, I would go, okay, if I pay the car insurance company $300 today, then I'm really paying $50 a month instead of $58 a month. And when you take the savings... $8 of free money per month. Per month. So when you take that $48 that you save every six months and you multiply it by two... I don't need your help for this one. You get $96 of savings per year on your car insurance. But again, you're only able to do that. And it's only possible if you have a plan to save $50 every month from your checking account to your savings account in a specific savings account titled car insurance. And so it's really important that as soon as you pay the annual on whatever your membership or your subscription is, immediately create some kind of a sinking fund that then you can prepare for the future. Yeah. And I think moving on to this idea of getting to save to getting to save money by saving money, basically. Um, there's so many opportunities that we see in front of us where it's Oh like, my gosh. Oh my gosh. I forgot one of the most exciting parts. What? Oh, he, he genuinely got very excited. My arms are very high. Yeah. Here's the coolest part is in that example of the car insurance, if you're saving about $100 a year on your car insurance because you are using sinking funds, that $100 is in a savings account that is maybe paying like 2%. Oh, interest. Interest. So you're not only, it's like you're not only having the peace of mind of having a plan for your money and it's like three benefits. So you're not, you're not overspending money that you don't have. So there's peace of mind. Number two, you're getting the savings by doing the annual instead of the monthly. And then number three, you're getting bonus fries, which is an extra 2%. That's like two bucks. You could take that two bucks. You could do some damage with that at McDonald's. I wish, I just wish so badly that everyone could see the way your eyes are just like light. I mean, if you can't hear in his voice, he is really excited about this $2. But I, lo- I, I just like love your passion for finance and savings because it's like it's in those little moments of passion when you add it all up. I mean, that's the difference between having like real financial peace in your life. Well, I can, re- you know, I remember like as a young person hearing the expression like, oh, the rich just get richer and thought to myself, yeah, that's true. The rich just get richer. Yeah, but what does that really mean? And then I heard Dave Ramsey say one time, 
the rich, it's not the rich get richer. It's that rich people do rich people things. Yeah. And I was like, rich people do rich people like, things. How do we start? Doing I was like, how do I do rich people things? Right. And I think yeah. that's an example of making your money work for you instead of making your money work against you. Anyways, I got really excited. <laughs> Amy, continue. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited too. But even before we move on, sorry. So make sure that you make a list, right? Make a list of everything. You can go back and look at your credit card statement or your bank statement from this past month, but make a list of every membership and subscription that you have. Like it'd be a really good exercise to make a list of here's a column that has everything that's a regular monthly expense. Make another column of like, here's everything that I need to create a sinking fund for. And then a third column is like here, like a list of all my memberships and subscriptions that I also want to create a sinking fund for. And on this topic of saving with saving, um, I've seen so many opportunities come up with things like, um, for example, at our church once a year, they have like a giant, really fun summer camp for kids where the kids go like spend the night somewhere else and bunks with counselors. And Fun fact, we used to volunteer as camp counselors. (laughs) Yes, we did. And so we were the ones who were the crazy ones who were wearing, who had face paints and tribal war paints and banging on tables in the cafeteria and <laughs> oh my gosh the most exhausting days of our dodgeball life. <laughs> tournaments and rock climbing <laughs> but it is a really fun environment and so in summer camp isn't until june but in january they announce summer camp every year and every year uh, at the beginning summer camp is less expensive if you buy it up front so it's like an early bird like when it first comes out you pay less money if you buy by a certain deadline and then the closer it gets to summer camp the more expensive it becomes and there's so many different types of organizations that do this like whether there's like a conference you really want to go to or um, even like I was a competitive dancer growing up and my dance studio I remember used to do this too like if you pay up front for tuition and of paying like one month of dance tuition at a time, if you pay for the year up front, you end up saving money. So kind of doing like the pay in advance, pay up front, um, snagging the early bird that basically having a plan for that in advance and pulling that money out and sinking funds month by month, knowing like, okay, once a year, I'm going to send my kids to camp. Instead of it being a surprise when they announce, you've already got that money ready to go. Right. And this will be something for a future episode um, or a different episode. But one thing we wanted to mention also is that if let's say that there's something that you know that you pay for on a monthly basis and it's not advertised that there's a pay in full special or an early bird special, it never hurts to ask Mm -hmm. Hey, do you guys by any chance have an early bird special or do you have a pay in full special? Um, sometimes businesses, you know, biz- businesses are interested um, in getting money and getting money up front, yeah, right? It's like it's, maybe instead of paying for karate lessons once a month, you can pay for the whole year up front. People love that kind of commitment. Businesses love that kind of commitment. So it's a win for you because you're saving money and it's a win for them because they're getting that kind of commitment. And so as we kind of wrap up this conversation, I guess, you know, Amy and I, our our heart and our hope is that you feel like you learned something new, that you feel encouraged, that you feel empowered. I think a lot of times when it comes to the idea of personal finances, um, there can be a lot of shame involved. And what we want you to know from us to you um, is a, a thing that we heard from, again, Dave Ramsey, here we go, is that um, he said all the time, you know, like personal finance isn't about uh, head knowledge uh, or sorry, isn't about your intellect. It's just about head knowledge, right? It's just about having the information and then being able to act on it. Um, But Amy and I are firm believers that you have to be two things in this world. You have to be a wisdom seeker and you have to be a wisdom implementer. Let me say that one more time, a wisdom seeker and a wisdom implementer. And what's funny is, you know, Dave Ramsey will always joke. He'll, He'll kind of say like, you know, we give you the same financial advice that you're 
grandma would give you. <laughs> only we keep our teeth in, right? So that's kind of his <laughs> joke that he says. And it's kind of, it's, it's funny, but it's also one of those things where you have to kind of ask yourself, like, wait a second, like this kind of feels like common sense. So once somebody tells you or shares with you how to do this common sense thing, at that point, the ball's in your court, right? It's up to you. You can't change anything about your past. You can't change anything that you did financially. Like Dave Ramsey says, we all pay stupid tax at different times in our life. Amy and I have done stupid things with money. You've done stupid things with money. We've all done stupid things with money. And that's okay. The question is, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now that you have this information? Are you going to hear it and know that you could save money? and have more money at the end of the day and have that level of financial peace by doing the things that we've talked about in this episode or is are you going to is it going to go one in you know in one ear and out the other our hope and our prayer for you is that you would feel empowered to now have a plan of action to go home to to figure out okay these are the things that I need to start sinking funds for so that I don't ever get you know 3 months 6 months 12 months years down the road and all of a sudden realize I had these surprises that didn't have to be surprises at all Thank you for listening to Life with Amy and Jordan. If this episode was helpful to you, we'd love for you to leave us a review. And if it wasn't, please don't. (laughs) Seriously, a review from you will help us reach more awesome people like you. To get the newest episode as soon as it's available, hit the subscribe button.